Ayin Tes Amud Aleph, about 12 lines down at the new Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, we're going to have four cases here. I'll number them off. One, two, three, and four. Case number one. Ganav Birishus Bailem. Here, Birishus doesn't mean with the permission of. It means in the domain of. So if a person stole something, um, so to speak, in the domain of the Bailem, however, he slaughtered or sold it outside of their property. So he took it when he was in their property, but then he slaughtered or sold it outside the property. Or case two, he stole it when it was outside, let's say in the public area. And then he slaughtered or sold it when he was on their property. Or case three, it all took place outside the Rishus. In those cases, all of them, he will pay Arba v'chamisha for five times. Um, Aval, and this is the um, case where he will not be chayiv. Aval gana v'tavachumachar b'rishusam. If he stole it and slaughtered or sold it, and the entire time he didn't make a proper kinyan, like he didn't lift the animal up, and he didn't leave the rishus of the um, the, the domain, the property of the uh, the owner, he would actually be putter. Slash. I believe the next part of the Mishnah is just a regular case of is he a ganav? Does he pay kefil? Haya moishchay. I dot underline the word moishchay. Haya moishchay v'yotze. Let's say he was uh, pulling the animal out, or I don't even know if it's an animal, pulling it out v'yotze umeis brishos abaylim and probably assumed it was an animal, and it died in the domain of the owner, the potential Ganov would be putter. He would be putter because he never acquired it, and it was still in the domain of the... Obviously, it had to be where it wasn't that he killed the animal, but the animal uh, just died. He, the potential Ganov, would be putter. However, Higbiyoi, if he lifted it up, even if he was in the property of the of the uh, rightful owner, or hoitzia, or he actually took it from the rightful owner's property, mirishus uh, bailim, and then they took it out. Let's say through shus harabim, umais, and then the animal died. So chayev, he is totally liable, no matter what uh, caused the animal to die. Period. Nosnoi, let's say he gave it lebecheres benoi to a kohen to redeem his uh, first. Um, Firstborn son, you know, you have to pay the Kohen. We traditionally do it with the firstborn with, say, five silver coins. Uh, he gave this animal to the Kohen. Oh, the Balchayvri owed somebody uh, money. So he gave the um, the animal to the one he owed money to. Or he hands over the animal to a Shemrechinam or a Shoel or a Noiseschar or a Seicher. Uh, somebody to watch it for free. Somebody to borrow it. Somebody who takes wages for uh, watching it. Somebody who um, pays money to rent it. Any of those cases... Vahaya Moishchay, I dot underline the term Moishchay, and and he was uh, pulling it out. The uh, the Kohen or the Balchayv or the Shomer, Umais the animal died, and it was still though in the Rishus Bailim. Potter the uh, Ganav would be totally uh, off the hook from having to pay anything. He's still Bidei Shemayim, he might be responsible, but uh, down here um, he does not have to pay anything. However, Higbiyoi, if he lifted it up, by them, or took it out of the property, the domain of the rightful owner, Umais, and then it died, Chayev, the Ganav, would be Chayev.
asks Amemar boy Amemar the following question. Tiknu Meshicha B'Shemrim Oiloi. Do we say that a person who is a Shemrim, there's four Shemrim who are watching somebody else's item. There's the um, Seicher. There's the Neisischar. There's the Shoyel. There's a Shemrim. Those, those Shemrim. Did the Rabbanan come along and say that the responsibility of the Shemer uh, starts when he does a Meshicha? Like he won't be responsible for it, they might have agreed, until he actually um, pulls the item uh, or not. Amr of Yemar, Endelin of Yemar, of Yemar responds to Amemar and says, Well, Tashma, come in here. Uh, none other than a quote from our Mishnah. It goes for about two lines, this quote from our Mishnah. So he had, ostensibly, the way we understood this is the Mishra was talking about a Ganav who had a firstborn son and uh, is giving somebody else's animal to the Kohen to redeem his firstborn son. Or or he's giving the animal, he owes someone, say, $500, giving the, this sheep worth $500 to the guy he owes the money to. Or he gives the sheep uh, the, to a Shemrachinam or a Shoyal, and he says, so he is um, dragging it out. No, he's not lifting it up. He's just dragging it out of the uh, rightful owner's property. Umes and the animal, or I may mean, actually say pulling it out. And the animal dies, Bershus Bailim, while it was still Bershus Bailim. Potter, that is the uh, end of the quote of the mission. I put the right angle over there. Now, uh, who is the one who is pulling it out? My love. Shoimer. The Shoimer is the one who is pulling it out, and it died. Uh, we had said in that case the there would be a Pitur, but I'm not sure why the next line in the mission is not quoted, but we said if uh, he lifted it up, or So my love that the Pitur is going on the Shoimer, but the gun of himself would be Chayev, must be Tiknu Meshicha be Shaimim that they were metaking that it, it would like a, a formal Meshicha uh, would be necessary uh, for the Shaimir to take the responsibility of a uh, being a Shaimir. Amar Lay so says back Amemar to Rav Yemar. Amemar asks, Do you have to have Meshicha be Shaimir or not? So Amemar says back, uh, No, uh, no proof from there. Lo, we could be talking about the Ganav. In other words, uh, when we said the it was given, let's say, to redeem his firstborn, we're talking about the rightful owner gave it as a firstborn. Then how does the Ganav come into play? Because the Ganav came to steal it from there, and he's pulling it out. Well, one second. Wasn't that the earlier case? We had two dot underlined Moishchais. We're saying the second Moishchai is the Ganav stealing it. Well, the first Moishchai is also the Ganav stealing it. So that's the Gemara Hatanale. Reisha, the earlier part of the Mishnah, already taught that case. Well, mm, could be, but there are two subcategories within the same case. Tana, Ganav Shaganami Beis Bailim. Vitana, Ganav Shaganami Beis Shemer. The author of the Mishnah taught a case of a Ganav who steals from the rightful owner's home, and another case of the thief who steals it from the Shemer's home. Okay, so uh, can't prove anything from there. Amar Le Ravashi... Ravashi says back to him, no, 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 you can't push off the way Rav Yemar wanted to conclude things because of that. 
Says Ravashi, you can't push it off or don't push it off. Mali Ganav Shaganami Beish Shemer, Mali Ganav Shaganami Beish Shvailim. Makes no difference. If a Ganav is a Ganav, he's stealing it from the rightful owner's house, from the Shemer's house. Those are the same case. Elalav, it's the Shemer. Ushmamina, yes, we can conclude that. Tiknu Meshicha Beshemer, Ushmamina. The Rabbanu were metaking that for a Shemer to formally take his responsibilities upon himself, he has to do the, a Meshicha with the, the item in question. Kama itmarnami was also stated on an Amoraic level. Amar Abelazar, Kederach, just like Shatiknu Meshicha Belakuchais, if somebody purchases something, it's got to be that the purchaser physically um, t- makes, uh, takes possession of it through pulling it. Kach Tiknu Meshicha Beshemim, so too for the Shemir to formally take whatever level of responsibility is taking for the item in question, you would have to do a Meshicha. Not only that, Tanami Hach, we have a Braisa that goes two lines. And also brings out this point. Kederach Shatiknu, just like the Rabbana instituted Meshicha, when it comes to Lekuchai, somebody's purchasing something, Kaftiknu Meshicha by Shemim. Ukeshem, I dot underline the word Ukeshem. Ukeshem She Karka, when it comes to land assets, how do you transfer ownership of it? Nicknames can be acquired with Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. Uh, money uh, document and uh, doing uh, some sort of act to show that it's yours. Kach, I dot underline the word kach, so to schirus, so to renting, renting something, uh, nicknames uh, with Kesar Shar and Chazaka. That's the end of the Tanaic source. The Gemara wants to know now, schirus de mai. Well, wh- what are you renting? There's just two basic categories things you can rent. You can rent uh, movable items, you can rent land. So, Ilema, if what we're talking about is skiros de metaltalin, movables, metaltali bene shtara ninu, you cannot, through a star, acquire um, metaltalin, and therefore we're talking about another type of skiros, some rafchist, skiros de karka, we're talking about renting land. Amrav Lazar, Rauhu, Shehitmin Bechorshin, Vitabahu Machar. Let's say you saw that there were some uh, shitty, questionable characters uh, who are waiting to steal things. They're hiding in, like, a uh, overgrown uh, forest uh, area. And shechting, and they're selling. They would, have to pay four or five times. Now, one second, did they actually, like, do a mashicha to steal the animal in question? Question mark. They never did a mashicha. Well, I'm Rav uh, they did the equivalent of Mashiach, Shehechisha Be Makal. It's where uh, they uh, slapped it, then, you know, smacked it on the bottom side, or smacked it with a stick, and, and that was a way of acquiring it. Okay, well, one second, are these people in hiding? We, we just saw them. Amri, Kevan Dira'uhu, Gazlanhu. If we saw them stealing the animals, that, that's like outright stealing. There's two categories of somebody who steals. There's a Gazan, who couldn't care less about what anyone thinks and just takes it outright. And there's the Ganav who hides, and he's always, uh, you, don't, you don't see him. He's always got his mask on. So if we saw these people, isn't it a Gazan? And by the way, there's a big practical difference. The Gazlan only has to pay for the item, whatever it was uh, valued at. A Ganav has to pay sometimes Kefel double, sometimes four or five times. So the question here is, it seems like this fellow's a Gazlan. Well, not really, because Kevan Dika Mitzmeri Minayu, since he's not like totally out in the open, he does kind of, when he sees people coming, um, he might not be so open about it, he is actually a Ganavu. Okay, well then, how do you get a Gazlan? How outright brazen do you have to be to be a Gazlan? And we have uh, two 
first generation Amoraim who come to give us examples, Amar Bavo, I underline Bavo, and two lines later, directly underneath is Rabbi Yochanan, I underline Rabbi Yochanan. So uh, the Gemara now is, how do you, what is an example of a full-fledged Gazlan? Like we see by in Shmuel Beish and Emar, the Pasuk describes the way he uh, stole something. He stole the word Gazela, the spear, from the hand of the Egyptian, and like killed him right there with his spear. That would certainly be a Gazlan, Rabbi Yochanan, who had underlined Amar, uh, here's a, a different example. Going Baalei Shem from uh, this story in chapter nine of Sefer Shoftim. Shenemar Pasuk says, "Vayasimu uh, loy Baalei Shem," and the uh, people in, uh, in in Shem Ma'arvim they were uh, sitting in ambush al Roshe Heharim up on the mountaintops. Vayigzalu again. There's the verb that we're looking for. Es Kolasher Yavor Aleim Baderech, and they stole from anyone who. Uh, passed by, like, I guess, in the lowlands, uh, on the road. That's the end of the Pasuk. Okay, so we have uh, two Amayrayim, Ravon, and Rabbi Yochanan, each one brings their own Pasuk. <coughs> Ask the Gemara of Rebavo, my time Amar Mehai, why did Rebavo not want to say from the Shrem Pasuk? Well, Amar Lachi would tell you, Kevan de Mitmeri Itzmuri, like the Pasuk itself says, they were hiding in ambush, lo that would not count as a Gazan. Now, true, we did use the verb to describe what they were doing as Vayigzalu, but that wouldn't be a Gazan. Well, the Gemara then turns around and says, For Rabbi Yochanan, question mark. Rabbi Yochanan did use that Pasuk as a Makar for an example of what a Gazan would be. What would Rabbi Yochanan say? Well, Rabbi Yochanan would say like this, that the fact they were hiding at a certain point was simply a, a practical issue, not because they were afraid, rather, Hadikamitzmeri, that which they were hiding, Deloi Nechzinhu, Inchi, Ve'ni'a, Arku Minaihu. If people would see, hey, look up there, the mountains uh, above the valley we're about to uh, go through. It looks like there's people waiting to uh, bushwhack us. So they simply wouldn't go the, that way, and therefore it was a practical issue. They wanted to be able to steal things from people coming by, so they at least had to hide themselves so that people would fall into their trap. Period. Shalutamidavis, and I underlined Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Mineima Hechmira Torah begun of Yosemi Gazlan. Why is the law in the Torah more strict with a ganav? He has to pay sometimes double or four or five times more than a gazlan who only has to pay at the most uh, regular restitution. Amar lahen, so said Yochanan Zakeh, back to them. Well, here's the difference. Ze the gazlan, he equated the honor of the servant to the honor of the master. Uh, we would say, uh, the honor of uh, people to the honor of Hashem. He couldn't care less. Couldn't care less about people. Couldn't care less about Hashem. So he's at least consistent. Whereas Zeh, a Ganav, he did not equate the honor of the servants to the honor of the master. He apparently was more concerned with the servants, with people, uh, not realizing what he did, as opposed to uh, Hashem. As if kind of to say, he made the Literally, it's the eye down below, referring to the eye from up above. In other words, he made Hashem as though we can't really see him, because what, what are you hiding for? The oizen shel mata and the ear, uh, the, the godly ear, the ear of the Lord, as though it can't hear. Shenemar, and here's a passage describing uh, that type of approach. Hoi, hamamikim mehashem, laster like woe unto those that go into hide in the depths 
from the Lord to try to come up with some plan. And they do their deeds in, in the dark. Even another Pasuk says, Hashem can't see, he doesn't understand what's going on. Even another Pasuk, it's the Lord. He left the land. I think the ancient Greeks used to say this, of course, like the world, the universe created by God, but do you really think God cares about the little tiny people who are, you know, specks of nothingness? He left, and Hashem doesn't see. Period. Amr of Meir. What is this, what, what would this be similar to? Well, if you had two people in the city. And they both made big parties. Echad, I squiggle on the word Echad. Zimenes ha'ir. One invited the uh, different uh, people who lived in the city, uh, maybe people of importance. Veloi zimenes ha'melech. But he didn't invite... Remember, the, uh, the kings were always in charge of everything. He didn't invite the princes and the, like, the royal authorities. The Echad, and the other fellow, I squiggle on the word Echad, lo zimein, he didn't invite Espanayir, the, the important people in the city, velo zimein Espanayamelech, and didn't invite the princes. He didn't invite anyone. He invited a couple of his close friends. Eizimehen on Shemerubo, who will get the greater punishment? Heveyomir, it's pretty obvious. Zesha zimein Espanayir, the person who invited the people in the city, velo zimein Espanayamelech, but didn't invite the... Royal family, period. Amr Reb Meir. I circled Reb Meir, and three lines later, I circled Reb Yochanan ben Zakkai. Says Reb Meir, Bo Re'ei Kama Gadol Koyach You can learn a lesson from here how significant is the, the strength, the power, the significance of labor, of, of work. Why? Let's compare a shore and a set. If a Ganav steals a shore, and basically the shore was a piece of burden, it was working in the field, it was productive. If he stole the shore, when he stole it, it was no longer able to do its work, he has to uh, pay how much? Five times, because that's a very significant thing that it was doing work, that he um, nullified it from being able to do, whereas he stole it nonetheless, but he wasn't really doing anything, it sort of just pastured out, it was out in the grass, uh, out in the fields eating grass, Arba, he'd only have to pay four times. Am Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai, who had circled Borei Kamagadol Kavod Habriyos, shore shehalach beraglav, the shore that um, walks on its feet. When a person steals a shore, doesn't lift it up; it's too heavy anyway. He just kind of leads it, and the, and the shore follows. So that type of ganav will have to pay chamisha five times. Whereas the se, when it comes to the uh, sheep which I guess the people who steal sheep usually kind of lift them up and carry them in a, a rather um, uncomfortable uh, way. It's quite heavy. al Ksefa in the shoulder. Arba only has to pay four times. Says the Mishnah, um, We do not raise small animals, meaning like, let's say, sheep, in uh, Israel, in any inhabited part of Israel, because they, they basically they, they'll destroy the fields. They they eat everything that they uh, that they can uh, get their mouths on. Aval Megadlin Besuria. These were northern parts of Israel that were conquered, not necessarily like the original part of Israel, but they were added um, in the time of the kings. You would be able to uh, raise uh, sheep, let's say. In those areas, or for that matter, in the wilderness areas that are away from the inhabited areas in the regular fields um, in uh, Israel proper. Uh, you can't raise uh, chickens in uh, Jerusalem. Kodshim, uh, unlike any other city in Israel, in 
Yerushalayim, so Kadshay Kadshim have to be eaten in the base of English compound, but Kadshay Kalim can be eaten anywhere in the city, and uh, they have to stay, though, Tahor. And the concern is that uh, chickens are always pecking around all over the place, and often might peck at little pieces of a lizard and, and make it tummy, and therefore uh, you can't you don't really raise uh, chickens in Yerushalayim area because of the Kadshim. Veloy Kohanim, for that matter, Beretz Yisrael, and, and Kohanim who Mipnei uh, Hataris, because of the uh, truma which they get, and they have to eat in a state of tara, and therefore anywhere in Israel where that's the case, uh, the uh, Kohanim would not be uh, raising, uh, should not be raising chickens. Uh, uh, no raising of pigs, which we'll see why in the Gemara, any place in Israel. Lo uh, uh, dogs, which by their nature are, are quite uh, vicious, and they can bite and they could uh, bark in a terribly frightening way. So we don't raise uh, dogs. Elim Kane Hayek Kosher Bishalshalis, unless they're properly uh, tied up uh, with a leash, like a, um, a, a chain or a metal leash. Ain Porson Nishuvin Leyainim, we do not um, set out uh, traps for um, doves, which were used to communicate or to uh, um, people raised doves. And if you had uh, uh, these bird traps, Around that you could uh, uh, attract and, and trap other people's birds. Elaim Kain Hayarach, like the exception being that if you're distance mean issue from an inhabited area, Shleshim Ris, which is approximately uh, four mil, call it a, let's say about two and a half to three miles away, then you can set up your bird traps there. Tanra Bona, the Gemara brings a Brysa just over a line. Ain Megalim Behemadaka Beretz Yisrael, you cannot raise small sheep in Eretz Yisrael. Again, uh, we said because they uh, are, the, the nature is that they destroy all of the uh, the fields and the things growing. They eat a lot of grass. You would be able to, in Israel, grow them, but in the, the forest areas, or like the no-man land areas, Bessuria, in uh, the northern uh, attached parts of Israel, known as Surya, even in the inhabited areas, certainly you could raise behemadakas in Chutzarts wherever you want. That's the end of the Brisa Tanida. We have another Brisa which goes till the second line on Pam and Aleph. Uh, that's the end of the Brisa, and, and uh, that's where we will pause or conclude for today once we get there. Says this Brisa, Ain Megadlin, you don't raise Jews, are not allowed to raise Behemoth Dakas in Eretz Yisrael. Kamav Amagadlin, the Midbar in the uh, wilderness of Yehudo, the Midbar, Shebet Safar Akai, that's uh, near the border um, by the Akko region up uh, north. Kama. The Afal P, I squiggle underline this Afal P, and three lines later, first three words in line are also Afal P, I squiggle underline that. Says the Gemara now. Here's the first one. The Afal P, Shamru, even though they said, Ain Megadlin Behemadaka, you can't raise uh, sheep and those types of animals. Aval Megadlin Behemagasa, you would be, yes, allowed to uh, have and raise uh, large animals like uh, a cow and a um, bull. Um, Basically, that was the tractor equivalent in, in those days. They were beasts of uh, burden. They actually did work. Lafi, and the reason why you can grow them in Israel, even though they do eat uh, grass and they might eat uh, vegetation and things like that, the rabbis will never make a decree on the public. Unless the majority of the public is able to uh, uh, deal with it and, and keep it. Colon behemadaka, and therefore, when it comes to small animals like sheep, So If you need them, you can import them from uh, outside the land of Israel. However, behemagasa, large animals like uh, 
cows and bulls. Uh, you cannot bring them, and you need them every day for work. They were, the uh, again, the beasts of uh, burden in uh, an agricultural-based economy. And even though Shamru ain't Megalim Behemadaka, that as a general rule, we don't raise small animals in inhabited areas of Israel. It doesn't mean you can't, like, have it. You just can't, like, keep it for years and, and raise them. But you, you could certainly um, have it for a short period of time, specifically, like, before the holiday, where you need the uh, the meat for it. So Meshahu Kaidim Lerego, before the uh, holidays of uh, probably uh, Sukkot, Pesach Shvuas Shleishin Rayim for thirty days before the Kaidim Mishnah Benoi. Also, if Mishnah Benoi means a party for your son, it's usually referring to a wedding. You could definitely keep these small animals around up to Shleishin Rayim thirty days. Ubilvad as long as Shelo Yisha Esachrayna Shleishin Rayim. As long as you don't keep even the last of them for more than thirty days. Says the Gemara almost parenthetically. I started a brackets here, and the brackets go down till the end of the next line. The Gemara um, says, well, like, why would you have thought otherwise? I might have thought to say, Let's say there's a holiday coming up. From the time that you bought it until now, 30 days didn't go by. Bottom line, let's say you bought an animal 10 days before the holiday. What might you have thought to say, which we're telling you not to say? I double and the low. Don't say, well, Tilson, Mishra, Shari, Lila, Shuye. I could keep it for 30 days, and even though the holiday has come and gone, I still got 20 more days to keep it. Ella, rather, Kevin, the Nafik, Lerega, once the holiday has come and gone and the holiday is finished, Lo, Mibaye, Lila, Shuye. You can't keep it for any longer. So it's not like you have a blanket 30 day heter. It's up to 30 days before the holiday, but once the holiday comes, you can't keep the animal anymore. Hatavach. If you have a, um, literally it's a slaughterer, a butcher, a person who uh, has lots of different animals that they shech, he could certainly lekeach purchase the sheichet and slaughter them, or lekeach, and he could purchase them for sheyet, or keep them around until the uh, the big market days. Ubilvach leisha ha'aguna shebahen, as long as you, Mr. Butcher, don't keep the last of them more than 30 days. That's the end of the b'risa. Adkan.